Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today and every podcasting day is Kyla. Hey, hey, welcome. This past Sunday, hell officially froze over as both of our favorite teams, the Cowboys and the Broncos, both won. Uh, Just insanity all around. Our fantasy teams wound up being split in that regard, however, as Kyla lost a heartbreaker. Yes, definitely. So today we've got a Thanksgiving-sized helping of good and bad matchups for week 12 (laughs) and all of our normal side dishes as well. But as always, Kyla will get the ball rolling for us. Tell us about your week 11. I like the Thanksgiving reference there that you threw. (laughs) I'm just trying to be as creative as possible. (laughs) All right. So this week, I lost. Like you said, I did it to myself this week. Um. Even risking it and playing Fournette over, I kept Galladay in my lineup on Thursday, thinking I could play Fournette as an emergency play. That would have been fine. However, I did not listen to your recommendation last week and bench Todd Gurley like I should have. Um, if I'd played Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds over Todd Gurley, I would have won my game. I don't but want to I, rub any any salt in the wound. <laughs> However, I did say I think you should play either Drake or Edmonds and just <laughs> hold off on the Galladay thing, but it's okay. You did. You did even after the podcast. You did uh you did tell me that. I just was not convinced that either one of them was a better option than Todd Gurley. You know, and shit no, happens. And that, yeah, and and that <laughs> makes perfect sense because the Cardinals have been really unpredictable. So, yeah, yeah. it makes sense. But it didn't work out. Um. Anyway, Todd Gurley did not do what I thought, and I'm back one game under 500. So let me just get into it. I started out on Thursday night playing Christian Kirk against Seattle with that was a dream matchup. So we thought <laughs> uh, he only came away with nine points, four catches for 50 yards, which is not terrible, but definitely not what I was expecting out of that game. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds on my bench, both found the end zone and finished with double digits, 16 for Drake and 14.9 for Edmonds. It is important to note here, though, that Kenyon Drake still only averaged 2.6 yards a carry, and um, but he did get more of the targets and he found the end zone this week, so that is promising, but his effectiveness still is not very good. Um. Kyler True Murray, now. Chase was... Edmonds on on his touchdown. Chase Edmonds was like all by himself. It was kind of a <laughs> Wide broken open. play. Yeah. So, yeah, it's there's no telling what they could do on on a week to week basis. Right. Um. And in that game, Kyler Murray was a little banged up. He had an injury to his throwing shoulder, very obviously. So, I feel like if his shoulder continues to bother him, which seems like it might be. Uh, maybe they'll start to lean more on Kenyon Drake, trying to avoid getting Kyler Murray hit a bunch, but you never really know. Yeah. Um, getting back on track here on Sunday, I was once again led by Justin Herbert, who passed for 366 yards and three touchdowns with 11 yards on the ground for a grand total of 29.7 points in our league. I was hoping for 40, but I did not get that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can't complain about 29 points though, almost 30 from your quarterback. That's a great game. My next top performer, believe it or not, was Clyde Edwards Elaire. 
All he right. Had 15 touches in week 11, which is much better than what he's been getting the last couple of weeks. 77 total yards, and he found the end zone twice, which was amazing. Very heartbreaking that Le'Veon Bell stole a third touchdown from my yes, guy. He did. <laughs> Um, but still 20.7 points from Clyde much better than he's been faring over the last couple of weeks. It made me really happy to see Dallas Goddard finally came through with 18.7 points. AJ Brown again was very reliable. He finished with four catches for 62 yards and a Herculean touchdown yeah. for 16.2 points. And that was an amazing touchdown. Did you watch the game or did you just see the highlight? I, I saw the highlight, but yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. It, it reminded me of Andre Johnson. There's a, a game when he was still playing. It was in Arizona and he catches this pass and like a safety just like hits him and, and like flies off like two yards and he just drags another guy into the end zone. And, and like I, I, I was actually watching that game and I was just like, yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> and, and that's what it, it made me think of. Like just didn't seem like anybody could bring him down. Yeah, and even on Monday night, Mike Evans had a similar um, touchdown. He really fought for that touchdown. That was an amazing play, too. But A.J. Brown went into the end zone on his feet with multiple guys trying to bring (laughs) him down. Like Mike Evans, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great play for Mike Evans, but he, like, was reaching, stretching while being held back for the end zone. But A.J. Brown went in on his fucking feet with all those people (laughs) trying to take him down. It was amazing. Yeah, he just shook every everybody off, and they were in his wake, and and he was in, uh, and that was a fun game too. Yeah, just overall. Yeah. All right, moving on here. Gurley, as I mentioned, lost the game for me. Basically, I mean, it wasn't totally his fault. The Falcons did not score a touchdown in that game. Uh, they were behind the whole game, and Gurley himself averaged about three point two five yards per carry, which is not the best, but not terrible. Better than Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Saints defense just dominated, and I I didn't, you know, obviously I predicted Gurley wouldn't do well, but I didn't expect the Falcons to just fall on their faces like that. Right. Um, he only managed 3.9 points for his worst game of the year. Washington's defense got a solid 12 points, and Daniel Carlson finished with seven. Real quick before I before I close it out here, I just want to mention on my bench, Jared Cook sucked. He caught one pass. <laughs> and then worst of all, Marquise Brown finished with zero points. Zero. He had like he had a couple targets, but he didn't catch any of them. Des Bryant caught some passes, which was amazing. But Marquise Brown finished with zero points. And I just want anyone out there listening to this who has Marquise Brown to join me. And dropping him this week. He's 100% droppable. Do not hold on to him anymore. This is not going to get any better for him this season. I, I think so too. I think he's <laughs> droppable. And he was somebody that we repped in the preseason, I believe. Yeah. Thinking that Lamar Jackson would be better through the air this season. The Ravens are just a mess. And that doesn't even count all of the COVID issues that they're going to have this week. Right. Um. Yeah, you can drop Hollywood Brown. I don't think any of the running backs are worth owning, truthfully. Yeah. It's really Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. And even then, only Mark Andrews about half the time. And Lamar yeah. Jackson only about half the time, honestly. Yeah. He's, he's barely even getting to 20 points. 
Yeah. Most of it starts. So yeah. uh, it's been a depressing season. I really thought Baltimore <laughs> would do a hell of a better job, but they haven't. Yeah, I thought so too. All right, let me finish up, Barrett, because this is okay. getting long. I went into Monday night, again, very dramatic finish for me on Monday night. I was down by about 11 points, and I had my emergency play, Leonard Fournette, left to play. My opponent, Phil, who whose team is Cornholio, had Rob Gronkowski left, so I needed Fournette to outperform Gronkowski by 11 points. Fournette did vulture a touchdown, but he did not outperform Gronkowski by 11 points. He did not win me the game as I had hoped. He finished with 9.6 points, and I lost 126 to 133. So if I had played either Edmonds or Drake, I would have won this week. I would have been 6-5, and five, but instead I'm 5-6. and six. I'm still in 8th place. 7th place is also 5-6, and six, and then 6th place is 6-5, and five, which 6, 5, and 4 are all six and five, I think. So there's still a chance for me this year, but it's not a great chance, but there's still a chance. Yeah, these these last two weeks, honestly, <laughs> you need to not only win, but you need to win with a a, a healthy margin. Which I play you next week. So. <laughs> well, with the, the points scored, yeah, you need to probably average about 150 these next happen. two weeks, potentially. Probably not going to happen. Well, looking at the schedule, though, there is a chance that a couple of those teams could go six and seven, potentially. Yeah. So you just got to win, and and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, just a, a few notes. Christian Kirk, we have had him on the good matchups these last two weeks, and yeah, fuck he him. has failed us. <laughs> he has failed us both times. Uh, apparently, we arrived to the Christian Kirk train a little too late. Because yeah. he was great for what three or four weeks in a row there, maybe a mm-hmm. touchdown all those weeks. Yeah, yeah, he was and great then, for uh, a few weeks. And then we jumped aboard the train, and then the train came to a screeching halt. <laughs> um, and then just another quick note you were talking about Gronk, he has five catches over the last three weeks. Yeah, so he, he had didn't double do digit much. points, like yeah. maybe even 14 points plus three weeks in a row. And then he's had five total catches. Now, one of those catches was a touchdown. So I think he's still the, the one week got like 12 or 13 points. But Gronk has really fallen off. Is that um, as well? When Antonio Brown started playing three weeks ago? I do think it's around there. Yeah. So maybe Brown is getting some of the underneath stuff that Gronk would have. Yeah. I'd, I don't know. Just too many <laughs> mouths to feed. But even yeah. this past week, Cameron Brait caught a touchdown, I believe. Oh, yeah, so, I think you're right. Just, yeah, There's just so many guys on that team. But uh, Gronkowski, in a different league, I have Gronk and Noah Fant. And this Which week... Is this? <laughs> That's funny. That's this Phil week, has a, Gronk and Noah Fant, too. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. But uh, it's a real problem for me who to start this week because both of them could get two or both of them could just magically catch a touchdown and get like 15. I, I have no idea. It's a total toss-up, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. So this past week, my week 11 recap here, I was able to win 147.34 to 134.82. I took down the number one team in our league, and I'm now tied with them at the top of the league standings at 7-4. and four. I'm, a, I'm in third 
Since we tied talk about first. this every every week, <laughs> I am tied for first, but I am in third because of the points uh, the points scored. So entering the afternoon games against the COVID Crusaders, my opponent, they still had Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, the Vikings defense, and Patrick Mahomes. I had a healthy lead, but I was not feeling overly confident with the way that those guys have been going this season. But luckily, the Cowboys being competent for once kept the Vikings players from doing too much damage. So that really helped me out. Dalvin Cook had 27 points, but it could have been a lot more. The Vikings uh, threw a couple of touchdowns when they were inside the five. Instead of going to Cook, they went to Thielen. Yeah, Uh, which is great for you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Instead of Cook or Jefferson, they went to Thielen. So that was perfect for me. As for my lineup, Lamar Jackson was very average once again. Six points, 50. Oh, you're breaking up. You are frozen. During the fantasy playoffs, and I'm going to have to count on that. <laughs> you froze. Can you hear me? I can now. Yeah, I think. So did you. Yeah. So when you started talking about Lamar Jackson, you started fucking up. Okay. You were frozen too, but I didn't know if you could hear me or not, so <laughs> no, I just I kept couldn't. going. So I'll just start again yeah. with Lamar. Okay. As for my lineup, Lamar Jackson was very average once again. He got 16.54 points, 51 yards rushing. I'm very worried if Lamar can get me to the promised land this season. <laughs> The Ravens' schedule is weak during the fantasy playoffs, and I'm going to have to count on that. Tight end Mark Andrews was back in my starting lineup, and he got five catches for 96 yards and a TD for 20.6 points. That's the most yardage he's gotten all season by a long shot. I don't have it in front of me, but I think the most yards he's gotten is maybe like 60. Oh, yeah. So 96. Much better. I'll take it. (laughs) My receivers were Calvin Ridley, who finished with a dependable 14 PPR points. And then there was a game I've been waiting all season for from Deontay Johnson. You didn't get hurt. Oh, my it's God. It's amazing. It's a miracle. It's a, it's a true Festivus miracle. <laughs> um, he delivered 12 catches for 111 yards, 25.1 points. Hell yes. This is why I drafted him. Yeah. He was the third player to have eight catches in the first half of a game this season. Devontae Adams has done it twice, and Tyler Lockett did it once. Johnson also had an absurd 16 targets. So I'll take that anytime. For sure. He's averaged over 10 targets in each game where he hasn't gotten hurt. (laughs) So as long as he's on the field, he's going to do pretty well. Yes. At RB, Derrick Henry rushed for 133 yards and a touchdown. That TD came in overtime. He got 22.1 points. That is the sixth 100-yard game this season for Henry. In my other RB slot, I played Antonio Gibson, who delivered 17.4 points. He rushed for 94 yards and a touchdown. Washington being ahead in the second half really helped there. I don't think he think he maybe had 40 yards rushing at some point in the third quarter. So he he really stacked on the points late in that game. Yeah. In my flex, Tyler Boyd delivered 17.5 points, nine catches for 85 yards. I was contemplating playing Chris Godwin, but put him on the bench. Godwin wound up finding the end zone and finishing with 18.3 points. So I would have been fine either way, but he did outscore Tyler Boyd by a point. 
Uh, to round out my lineup, kicker Brandon McManus had nine points, and the Dolphins' defense only got five. As a Broncos fan, you know, I'm thrilled that they won, but at the same time, I started the Dolphins' defense, and I was just like, <laughs> come on! You know, I was expecting some turnovers here, but yeah. the Broncos actually played clean football. So, well, that's all right, too, because you still ended up winning your game, so it didn't matter. Yeah, so I didn't. Ha- it wasn't a, a, a trade-off, you know. The Broncos doing well didn't screw me too much, but... yeah. Uh, also on my bench, Brandon Ayuk was on a bye. Chris Carson was out with an injury. Jerry Judy didn't do much. And Eric Ebron was solid. 13.6 points, four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. I'm now 7-4, and four, as I mentioned. The win was really crucial, though, because in terms of points scored, I think I actually have less points scored than each of the teams that are 6-5. and five. So crazy. only by like 20, I'm 20 points behind, I think the the one yeah. team and then, then there's like 29 points and like 45. So I'm close with all of them, but still, if I had lost either this week or last week, I would be in sixth and not in third. Yeah. Which so is, uh, the wins the last huge. two weeks. Yeah. Are crucial. All right. Moving on to our winners and losers of the week. My winner of the week is Keenan Allen. What a week he had against the Jets. 16 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown. He has very much benefited from Justin Herbert starting, which we knew would be the case. I just did not know that it would start as early as week two. Um, Even if you take out week one, he is still the most targeted player over the season up until this point. He scored more than 10 points in every game with Justin Herbert behind center including his most of the season in week 11 with 36 and a half points. I wish anyone on my team scored 36 and a half points. I wish that I had drafted Keenan Allen because he has been so solid and so consistent. Definitely a winner of the week for week 11 for me. Yeah, I'm very jealous of the people that have Keenan Allen on their team. (laughs) He is not on any of my teams. And, you know, just like in our league, I think I have a solid team, but right now there's nobody other than occasionally Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley at the beginning of the season, but not really as much anymore that has that, you know, true blow up potential that any week could have 35 points. I really have to have, you know, just a solid day from everybody. Yeah. And yeah, Keenan Allen, all the targets that he's getting, he's just Herbert is just stalking him, like constantly throwing him the ball. Uh, I like Just, that. It was an awesome week. Yeah. Um, my winner of the week was Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Texans. Watson threw for 344 yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for a TD, wound up with 33.36 points, which was the third highest score in our league. The complete lack of a running game has meant that literally everything for Houston has to go through Watson. He yeah. has five 300-yard passing games in his last seven, and he's accounted for 88% of the Texans' offensive yardage this season, which would be the highest percentage of the past decade if it holds up for the rest of the season. Watson is the eighth-best player in our fantasy league as of now based on total points, and there's a good chance that number goes up over the next few weeks because they just really, really cannot run the ball. and we kind of knew that was going to happen regardless of whether they had David Johnson or not. I was never sold on David Johnson. I was. Uh, (laughs) Bill O'Brien is just really 
kind of ruined this offense. But long story short, Deshaun Watson, obviously a must start every game, no matter what the rest of the season, he is on fire. Yeah, I we haven't talked that much about Deshaun Watson on this podcast this year, which is usually a good sign. That means somebody is just playing consistently good football because right. like, you don't need to talk about starting them or sitting them, except early on in the season we talked about that. But this week was his best game by far in the season. It seems like since Bill O'Brien was uh, given the boot, he's really turned the season around for himself, for fantasy purposes at least. Unfortunately, the Texans have not been winning a ton of games, but. No, this is the first game that they've won where they weren't playing the Jaguars. So <laughs> still pretty uh, rough going. Yeah. My loser of the week is T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. And this pains me because I like T. Higgins. He's having a great rookie season. Um, he and Burrow were forced to be reckoned with. He scored double-digit points in every game since week three until week 11, where he managed only 5.6 PPR points, which is a big feat for a rookie wide receiver. We know they can be very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, he still had 10 targets, but he only caught three passes for 26 yards. And, I mean, 5.6 points, that's very low. You don't want that for many of your starters. But I probably wouldn't have picked him this week if it had not been for the loss of Joe Burrow. Um, it really hurts his value moving forward. So I definitely think he lost in a big way this week by losing Joe Burrow. Yeah, I lost in my other two leagues and I started T Higgins in both of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just 5.6 points, but I don't, it's really hard to tell if he's going to be, um, even worth starting the rest of the season. Tyler Boyd as well. The loss of Burrow really dampens the entire offense. Um, for the Bengals and yeah, like he was worth (laughs) starting just because he had double digit points in all those games in a row. Just like you said, he was almost automatic and yeah, rough week. They're starting, um, Brandon Allen this week though. The Bengals are, I saw. Yep. I was able to go to a Broncos game last year and they're playing the Browns and Brandon Allen wasn't the starting quarterback. (laughs) Uh, Oh, they won too. He won the game for him. (laughs) Yeah, they they won. <laughs> Can't say too much else about it. That is the game where Noah Fan had like that sixty yard touchdown, but that was mainly Noah Fan and not Brandon Allen. Yeah. But uh he can't be worse than, than Ryan Finley, who came in in relief of Joe Burrow and was just absolutely terrible. Yeah. So I wish the Bengals the best and I wish Joe Burrow the best. So yeah. my loser of the week is Alvin Kamara. Not only was Kamara not utilized through the passing game, he had just one target and zero catches for the first time in his career. But he recorded 13 carries for 45 yards, while Latavius Murray had 12 carries for 49 yards. So he didn't really even have dominance over the backfield touches, and he recorded 10.5 fantasy points because he luckily found the end zone late in the game. He's the fourth player overall in fantasy and is still the top RB. So this week was most likely a fluke. Yeah. But uh, as long as Taysom Hill is starting, hopefully this is not a trend. Hopefully and not. And his uh, carries and all that go back up in the coming weeks. But it was a rough game. It was by far his roughest game of the year. Yeah, by far. It's the only game of the year so far that he could even be considered for a loser of the week. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, he still got 10 points. But like you said, the, it's because he got lucky and found the end zone. 
But do we think that the starting of Taysom Hill is why? And then this is going to be a trend because Taysom Hill can run the ball. So I I don't think it's going to be a trend. I think yeah. the Camara is a vital part of the offense. And For sure. they got Michael Thomas going in this game, but over the past few years, they've you know been able to produce together. So no, yeah. I just I think this, it's an outlier. Speaking of Michael Thomas, a prime example of why you cannot bench a guy like Michael Tom- Thomas. I know he had some down weeks. He's had, a, I mean, his season's been a bust basically, but you just can't bench that guy. And you were talking to me about it. You know, we were talking about it last week. You were afraid to bench Michael Thomas in one of your other leagues, or you were afraid yeah. to play him in one of your other leagues, but you did it anyway, like a person should. And <laughs> he rewarded you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I in that league I played Thomas, I played T Higgins, and then Juju. Uh, Juju and T Higgins both did not produce. Yeah, Will Fuller and Robert Woods on my bench both did fine. <laughs> oh. So Robert yeah. Woods had an amazing game. He did. I wouldn't have won anyway, though. I got crushed. Uh, the other team had like 160 points or something like that. Oh wow. All right, moving on to our injury updates. A couple guys I've mentioned really quick were placed on injured reserve before week 11, but after we recorded the podcast last week, Joe Mixon, the running back for Cincinnati, was placed on IR with a foot injury, and Drew Brees, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, had multiple cracked ribs, a collapsed lung, and a shoulder injury, and he was placed on IR as well, so those guys will be out at least three weeks. Drew Brees, it sounds like he was in a fucking car accident. Like 11 cracked ribs, I think, is what you told me, and a collapsed lung. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow, the biggest injury and, you know, worst injury of the week. Joe Burrow, the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, tore his ACL, his MCL, and has suffered other structural damage in his knee. He is out for the season. The timeline could be 9 to 12 months, which would bring next season into question, too, at least missing some time um, in next season. Also out for the year, Greg Olson, the tight end for the Seahawks. You likely weren't playing him, but he ruptured his left plantar fascia and has been placed on IR, which is sad. I feel bad for him because I know before the season he was like considering retirement, and then he even like tweeted out or something afterward that he was going to find a way for this not to like not to go out like this, basically. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for him too because he had a a job in the booth, I believe, lined up mm-hmm. maybe for Fox, and then yeah, he decided to play. Uh, with Drew Brees, all those cracked ribs, I guess that is what happens when a 300-pound person just completely <laughs> belly flops on you. Yeah. Uh, it looked like it hurt real bad. And I feel really bad for Joe Burrow, but it just really seemed like he would get hurt eventually. The offensive line is terrible. Oh, yeah, he that's was, true. Just getting rolled week after week after week. Um, so maybe it was inevitable, but I still feel really bad for him. More injuries. Uh, keep in mind, this is about 12.30 on Wednesday, Mountain mm-hmm. Time. So some of these guys we don't have updated as the injury reports sort of filter out. Later today, Rex Burkhead, he hurt his knee. He is most likely out. It's It looks serious, but they don't have an update on it. The length of time he will be out. 
Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens are both on the COVID-19 list. They are out for week 12. Uh, that game has been moved from Thanksgiving night to Sunday. Mm -hmm. And you would think with how late we are in the season, the NFL is going to do everything in their power to make sure that that game is played. Yeah, Gus Edwards is supposed to be the starting running back. But I think also on the COVID list, they have a center and maybe a left guard. And against the Steelers, I don't really trust Gus Edwards. So if you need him, plug him in as a flex. But I think that's a, a risky play personally. Yeah. A little bit more. Adam Thielen is on the COVID-19 list. He apparently tested positive and then tested negative. So he's going to be tested more this week. His status for Sunday is up in the air. Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, the receiver for Washington. He was limited in Tuesday's practice with an ankle injury. No indication that he will miss the Thanksgiving clash with your Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, shoulder injury. Uh, he's expected to practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday. He has not been cleared for contact. He most likely will not play, but he is listed as doubtful. Quarterback of the Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater, has an MCL sprain. He is listed as questionable, but he is expected to practice. Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Cardinals. He has an AC joint injury. He's rehabbing on the side currently. That was Tuesday's practice, um, but they say it's purely precautionary. We would kind of expect him to still play this week. Yeah, he said it was purely precautionary and he felt fine. He felt good. So so, so the doctors may have a different opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julio Jones, a wide receiver for Atlanta, it continues to deal with a hamstring injury. It looked like he re-injured it in week 11. He could be a game time decision. They have said that he does not need to practice and he could still play even if he doesn't practice. So keep a close eye on that one. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver for Pittsburgh, has a toe injury, but he did return to practice in a limited fashion on Tuesday and is likely good to go for what is now Sunday, not Thursday. Austin Eckler, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers, had a pretty serious hamstring strain. He's been on IR, but he has been officially designated to return, and he is expected to practice this week. I saw a video of him the other day on Twitter squatting 405 pounds, so that looked uh, pretty good. I think he's doing pretty well. Probably pretty healthy if you can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, which if he comes back, they could shake up a lot of leagues. Yes. Yeah, I could. Um, moving on to the Lions portion of our injury updates. Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver for Detroit. He had a limited practice on Monday, but was downgraded to did not participate on Tuesday, which is the same pattern that he followed last week, and he did not play. So it is unlikely that he will play in Week 12. I saw some speculation they might shut him down for the season. I don't know. We'll see. Um, DeAndre Swift running back for Detroit is in the concussion protocol that happened midweek last week with no like randomly no warning <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he practiced on Tuesday limited. So that's a good sign for his Thursday status. And Danny Amendola, the wide receiver for Detroit did not practice on Monday or Tuesday and is likely to play unlikely to play with a hip injury. So now some Seahawks guys, uh, big, big question mark here for my team, the mean machine, Chris Carson, midfoot sprain, but coach B Carroll said that he will likely play in week 12. At this point, you can't really trust Pete Carroll to say anything. <laughs> truthful. 
Rashad Penny, who has been out the entire season with an ACL tear, he has not played or practiced since last week 14 of last yeah. season. Yeah. Carroll said that he would return to practice this week. So just more RBs for you to kind of consider there with the yeah. Seahawks if Carson is out. But uh, Carlos Hyde, I believe, is still healthy. So if Carson mm -hmm. doesn't play again, Hyde would be your guy. Two guys for the Jets who so you hopefully weren't playing. <laughs> Sam Darnold, quarterback, AC joint injury. He was limited in Wednesday's practice. Barring a setback, he looks likely to play. LaMichael Pirine, high ankle sprain. He was placed on IR. It is Pirine, I believe, right? I have no idea. It's, I always say a Perrine in my head, but I've never actually heard anybody say it, so I was just surprised so, when you said that. There's, there's another one, Samaje Pirine. Uh, uh, I forget which one went to Florida and which one went to Oklahoma, but... The one who went to Oklahoma, it was. It was P. Ryan. Anyway, he's out for the year. <laughs> most, most likely. Gardner Minshew. Uh, no update on him. He's been out for a while with fractures and a strained ligament in his right thumb. LaVisca Chenault, hamstring injury. No update on him as well. For the Texans, Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills, receivers, they are both uh, dealing with some injuries. Cobb was placed on IR with a toe injury. Stills was limited on Tuesday, but uh, is is listed as out for tomorrow's Thanksgiving clash with the... Uh, Lame Detroit Lions. <laughs> Sammy Watkins, hamstring injury. Looked like he would return last week, but he suffered a new calf injury in practice. His status is questionable. The Chiefs roll on no matter who's injured, it would seem. Mm -hmm. Zach Ertz, high ankle sprain, placed on IR in week seven. He has been designated to return. Coach Doug Peterson said he's trending in the right direction, so the Eagles are optimistic that he'll play this week. What that means for Goddard or and Ertz and Richard Rogers, we really don't know. They were all disappointing before <laughs> Ertz got hurt. I think uh, Goddard's still the best bet. That's what I'm hoping for. At least I'm I'm rolling with him, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and that very likely could be the case. Uh, lots of 49ers here. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are on IR where they've both been designated to return. No guarantee that they'll play this week. And we have not gotten updates yet on Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, or Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's dealing with a knee, Debo Samuel a hamstring, and Ayuk is on the COVID list. So the Niners continue to be a mess. No <laughs> update on Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky, quarterbacks for the Bears. Hopefully Who's you're the not third position guy there? Tyler Bray. <laughs> I believe is isn't that isn't that right? Former Chief he, Tyler Bray. I don't know. He could be the I, brand new starter for the Chicago Bears, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Bears and disappointment, David Montgomery. He was on the concussion protocol, but he no longer has an injury designation. It would seem like he's going to play this Sunday. And I'll just go ahead and close it out here. John Brown did not practice Wednesday. Not a good sign for his week 12 availability for the Bills and Miles Gaskin, your guy. My MCL guy. sprain placed on IR in week nine. He is eligible to return anytime now, but no update yet. Okay. <gasps> Take a breath. 
Take a breath. Those are all the injuries. They have been very mum. I, they haven't said anything about Miles Gaskin and his status. I know on Yahoo, I don't know if this is any indication, but he's still projected zero for this week, but he has a projection for next week. So something to keep an eye on. If he plays this week, I'm playing him. So take that Speaking for what it's of, worth. of Gaskin, though, the guy who's the current number one RB, I was saying it wrong last week, judging by the Broncos broadcast, Savan Ahmed. I was saying Ahmed. Ahmed, wow. They were saying Ahmed on the broadcast. So if the broadcast is to be believed, uh, then I was saying it incorrectly. wanted to point that out. Wow. Also, they were having a really hard time saying Tua's last name, <laughs> Tagovailoa. Oh, he sounds like me. Well, well, you know, Kevin Harlan, a professional talker, he was even having a little bit of trouble. They so, should just uh, say Tua. <laughs> just leave it. Well, at Tua. you got to uh, the Dolphins Tua. have a, just a couple of funny names to begin with. The guy on their defense, Van Ginkle. Oh, which I think wow. Bull may be the funniest name in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Van well, Ginkle. I've got Gasicki. Funny every time I hear yeah. it, Gasicki. <laughs> yeah, another one yeah. we struggled with earlier this year. So, <laughs> anywho, there's your long list of injuries, and uh, now we get to the good stuff—the good and bad matchups yeah. for Week Twelve. Yeah, kick us off. My first good matchup start of the week is you get a two for one here: Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton at Cincinnati. Two for the price uh, of one. That is why you come to this <laughs> podcast. Always giving you deals. We got coupons. <laughs> I picked up Darius Slayton actually before week 11 ended because he didn't go on waivers until the very end because he was on a buy. And I had an extra spot on my roster. So I picked him up because of this matchup, just in case I needed to play him over maybe Allen Robinson. I actually picked up Gallman, so we both picked up somebody from from the Giants. From I don't know if I'll have room for him. If if Carson plays, I'm going to have to play Carson. But anywho, yeah, yeah. Please continue. Um. All right. The Giants face Cincinnati this week. Cincinnati is a top ten match matchup for wide receivers this season. <coughs> Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the black lung. <laughs> <clears throat> um, let me take a drink of my coffee here. You almost have down that whole thing of coffee. That was a that's a big glass of coffee, by the I way. I know, and it's a it's a clear mug. Don't you like that? It looks like a measuring cup. <laughs> <laughs> my second cup for the day. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Um, back on track here, since I'm not choking anymore. In PPR leagues, the Bengals are giving up on average 38.2 points per game to wide receivers. They have allowed 13 touchdowns to the position, which is tied for the fifth most in the league for 2020. Shepard has received eight or more targets in three out of four games since returning from injury and six targets in the fourth, so he's getting decent volume. Slayton is a little less consistent with his target share in that span, but I think this week both receivers could have good games. 
The Bengals have allowed multiple receivers in a single game to finish with double-digit points in six of ten games this season. And I think this week could be more of the same for Shepard and Slayton. So I may even have to plug Slayton into my lineup this week. So I think I think he's a good start. I do as well. Uh, Danny Dimes is very volatile. You never quite know what you're going to get out of the Giants, but I I think so too. I think they're good plays. I, Giants and Bengals, barring the Bengals quarterback being a disaster. If Joe Burrow was still playing, I think this would be a very fun game. Yeah. I, I think it could still be a pretty fun game, honestly, between two pretty bad teams. Yeah. I Speaking of Danny Dimes... I don't think we mentioned this on the show when it happened. Do you remember a few weeks ago when Daniel Jones ran for like 80 yards and then tripped over his own feet and didn't make it to the end zone? <laughs> yeah, it's when they were playing the Eagles. <laughs> oh, oh, you just you great. just brought it up to laugh about it? You didn't have yeah. a further... <laughs> you just wanted to bring it up just to say, do you remember when this guy did one of the most embarrassing things? Yeah, just to make fun of him. <laughs> So for my first good matchup, I kind of uh, I, I looked at yours, saw you were doing two receivers, thought I'd do the same thing. <laughs> uh, I've got Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks at Detroit. Three different receivers had over 50 yards receiving, and two of those three had over 20 fantasy points for Carolina in its game against Detroit last Sunday. And that was with P.J. Walker playing QB. The week before, Washington had three receivers with 50 yards receiving and three with five catches. And that was with Alex Smith playing QB. So with Deshaun Watson playing QB against Detroit in week 12, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, you would think, would be in a good position to put up some fantasy numbers. Uh, Cooks has double-digit fantasy points in five of his last six games, and Will Fuller is the wide receiver 15 overall in fantasy PPR leagues. Detroit has given up the fifth most fantasy points to receivers in the league. I don't want to jinx it, but I think... I think it's about as much of a sure thing as you can possibly have. Yeah, I think so too. I don't really have anything to add here except that um, the Texans will be playing without Randall Cobb and maybe even Kenny Stills. So that might open up more targets for Fuller and Cook. So I think both are a good play too. Yeah, we can only hope. Hopefully their targets just go up. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Uh, My next start for the week is Devontae Parker at the New York Jets. Parker has been a little inconsistent with Tua Tagovailoa under center. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this week is a week for them both to shine. I think it does sound like the Dolphins are going to continue to go with Tua as their starter. uh, Even though he was benched in the game against Denver. This week... The Dolphins get the Jets, who were just torched by Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. The New York Jets are giving up, on average, 42.3 points per game to wide receivers in PPR leagues, which, shockingly, is only the sixth most fantasy points per game to the position, which seems like a lot. Yeah. Um, they allow, on average, 202 yards per game. Um receiving and Devonte parker has gotten at least seven targets in the last three games and he could do plenty with that volume against this sad sad jets defense yeah if a team is playing the jets i would say <laughs> pretty much anybody is is fair game 
two have really had performed well before this Broncos game. The Dolphins just kind of, they came out flat. Now, in the Broncos defense, the secondary is a little bit healthier. Yeah. Uh, they did play pretty well. But uh, I expect Tua to get back in the good graces of everyone in the fantasy community this week. And I think Parker is a good play as well. Uh, someone who is my second start of the week, Derek Carr, quarterback for the Raiders. They are at Atlanta. Carr has played some stellar games as of late. And on the season, he has 19 touchdowns, so just three picks. When he hasn't put up big fantasy numbers, it's typically because Vegas is running the ball more and he just isn't called upon to throw very much. Uh, the Falcons, surprisingly, strong against the run. They've allowed the 10th fewest amount of points to opposing RBs. So that sets up Carr for some downfield plays. The Falcons' pass defense has been terrible, to say the least. They've allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and they're uh, they're second to last in passing yards allowed per game and passing TDs allowed. So uh, I think Carr should be in for a solid day. It's about as easy of a quarterback play you can have this week if you need to stream someone or if you're worried about your starting quarterback. I think uh, Carr should do pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. I'm generally not a huge truster of Derek Carr for fantasy, but you're right. If there's ever a week you can trust him, it is this week against Atlanta and their terrible secondary. Like you said, they're giving up the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and Derek Carr is definitely capable of having a big fantasy day. So I think it's a good play too. My first bad matchup sit of the week is Jared Cook at Denver. No surprise here as I already kind of talked shit about Jared Cook. He is, <laughs> <laughs> he's coming out a very disappointing stretch of games. Over his last three games, he has not received more than three targets in a single game. And in total, he only has three catches for 36 scoreless yards over that span. Last week, he had one catch for six yards, which is especially shitty because he was facing the Falcons defense, who gives up the most fantasy points per game to tight ends. This week, the Saints are playing in Denver, who have not allowed a touchdown to a tight end since week two. And they give up the 10th fewest fantasy points per game to the position. They even held Travis Kelsey to 6.1 points, which, as we know, is a huge victory. All that shit together, and I have no faith at all in Jared Cook to bounce back this week. Stay far, far away. I might even drop Jared Cook because <laughs> I don't trust him. And if I need room on my team, he's probably going to be the one to go. Well, you know, the old cliche of a young quarterback needing their tight end didn't really happen last week. For the Saints, yeah. Taysom Hill just went after Michael Thomas, which, you know, yeah, as as would anyone. Yeah. And uh, when you play the Broncos, typically for a tight end, you're going to have either Justin Simmons or Kareem Jackson, the safeties on the tight ends. So those are probably the two best players left that aren't hurt on the Broncos defense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a good decision. You never know what the Broncos but uh, there are some better tight end plays out there. My first sit is also a tight end. Jimmy Graham, tight end for the Bears at the Packers. The Bears are just really awful to watch right now. That's really, that's really <laughs> not news for anyone. Yeah. Graham has had a couple of big weeks this season, and with how weak the tight end position is across the board, 
I feel like in the fantasy community, we're really trying to push Graham on people. He is somehow the 11th overall in points by tight ends. He's 11th that just, over. <laughs> like, that just shows you how around. bad the tight end pool is this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't even think he was really on rosters at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But he's only topped 50 yards twice, and he got zero points last week when they were playing the Vikings. Green Bay has allowed the third fewest amount of fantasy points to tight ends this season. Also working against Graham, as we talked about earlier, is the Bears don't have an official starting quarterback yet as of now for Sunday. Foles and Trubisky are both working through injuries. So to me, Graham is someone to avoid like the plague for week yeah. 12. Yeah, I don't, and it's just really, you don't even know who's going to play quarterback. They can't run the ball. Uh, how the Bears were five and one is beyond me. Yeah. I mean, clearly it was because of their defense, but uh, yeah. I think Graham can be dropped and someone to avoid. Yeah, I agree with you. Like you said, we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be. And regardless of who it is, they're probably going to suck. So <laughs> I don't even know. Even with Allen Robinson, I would normally say he's a must start, even with Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. But I, I honestly don't even know what to do with him at this point. I It's hard to sit a guy like Allen Robinson because he is so good. But yeah. you got to have somebody who can get the ball to you i mean if you can get in the vicinity of Allen robinson he can probably come down with it because that's how good he is which is you know makes the the question of whether to start him or not so hard but i definitely think getting back on track here <laughs> talking about my own problems um <laughs> jimmy graham definitely somebody to avoid i agree with you you're right <laughs> 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 and you know a, a little bonus here we can talk about alan robinson a little bit too yeah um, he's a flex play yeah at, is he at best <laughs> with the with the uh, packers corners getting healthy again uh it's just it's it's really tough it really depends on who else you have on your roster which is not a great options either darius slayton is going to be my other best option at uh, wide receiver which is a good matchup, so maybe it is a good option. But with Kenny Galladay out, you know, I've got Christian Kirk, Darius Slayton, Allen Robinson, and AJ Brown, who I'm going to start. But yeah, I I've lost trust in Kirk. Yeah, yeah, I'm so. not starting him. So Darius Slayton is my only other option. Which maybe he's a maybe he's a better option. He is, yeah. does have a good matchup. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway. <laughs> I'm stressed, okay? <laughs> it's COVID times. It's holiday times. You don't know who to play. Our pets' heads are falling off. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's a stressful time. Uh, my next bad matchup is Ben Roethlisberger Burger, Roethlisberger versus the Baltimore Ravens. Big Ben has been having a great season. And Baltimore has been kind of a mess lately, as we've talked about many times. You would think that would make for a good matchup, but the last time these two teams faced each other, Ben finished with 15.28 points. He passed for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Baltimore's defense has been very slightly better than average against quarterbacks, but they've lost three of their last four games, one of which was to Pittsburgh. I think they're going to come out swinging in this game and looking for revenge. 
We've talked numerous times about how the Ravens need to run the ball in order to win football games. Last time they faced the Steelers, they ran the ball 47 times. So I think they'll try the same strategy if they can get the run going again, which will keep Ben and the Steelers offense off the field. So I think there are better options out there this week at the quarterback position than Ben Roethlisberger, and I would sit him if you can. I agree, but just kind of for a different reason. These games kind of always end up being slugfests and not exactly high scoring. Yeah. Uh, Big Ben will likely get hit a lot. And uh, it's just never really, I guess not never, but it just seems like these games don't produce uh, huge fantasy outputs necessarily from anybody. Yeah. You can get some average games, but I don't see Big Ben, you know, just tossing it all over the yard. That being said, I am starting Deontay Johnson this week, even though he's he's the wide receiver three since week nine. Yeah. So I kind of have to, even though I'm yeah. just not confident at all. But and just yeah. because, I mean, even Big Ben could not have a great game, but Deontay Johnson could still have a good game. Hey, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so to recap the good and bad matchups, we have Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton at Cincinnati, Devontae Parker at the New York Jets, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks at Detroit, Derek Carr at Atlanta. And then for the bad matchups, Jared Cook at Denver, Ben Roethlisberger versus the Ravens, Jimmy Graham. And then for our final bad matchup and sit, I went with Gus Edwards, RB for Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Gus was our top pick for the waiver wire this week. He also had what is by far his best game of the season, the first time Pittsburgh and Baltimore played. He rushed 16 times for 87 yards and a touchdown for 14.7 points. As we mentioned, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are out, and Edwards is supposed to get substantial playing time. All that being said, I don't trust him at all this week, and this is the time of the year. Fantasy playoffs are rolling around. You have to play people that you trust. And... I don't trust him. The Steelers have allowed the fewest amount of fantasy points to RBs this season. They're allowing 83.2 yards per game to RBs, and the Ravens offense has been floundering for weeks now. I think there are better matchups out there, even as a flex play. If you're feeling like you want to take the risk, Baltimore played Pittsburgh pretty tough last time, actually. And if not for Lamar Jackson turnovers, they probably would have won. So maybe Edwards can find the end zone again. But it's not something that I would count on, especially with the COVID issues. It looks like they're going to be without potentially their starting center. They're missing a few guys on defense. I So maybe Pittsburgh can have the ball a little bit longer and they can run it a little bit better. I just don't trust Baltimore. That being said, I'm still starting Lamar Jackson and <laughs> Mark Andrews just because I just am stuck with that. But uh, I would not play Gus. Well, a couple things. I don't think you're stuck with Lamar Jackson. There are some decent options still out there for you at quarterback. I know. I'm just so scared to bench him. Um, But going back to Gus Edwards, I hear you. You're right about everything that you said. But <laughs> why are you laughing? I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to drop the hammer. Um, Baltimore, I mean, this is contingent, obviously, for them having all of their starting offensive linemen. I don't know if those guys are on the COVID list because they tested positive or just as close contacts to maybe the running backs. I don't know the details. 
if they're missing their offensive lineman, definitely more difficult to trust Gus Edwards. But the Ravens have been one of the few teams who have been able to run the ball against the Steelers defense that is very good. They rushed for 265 yards as a team. Last time they met, like I said, when talking about Ben Roethlisberger, the Ravens ran the ball 47 times. And Gus Edwards alone had like 87 yards and a touchdown or something like that against the Steelers last time. So I think if you need a plug-in guy, you can play him. I Obviously, you want to play the guys that you trust if you have them. But I even considered for myself picking up Gus Edwards this week and playing him just because I've got Todd Gurley, Clyde Edwards-Elair, and Kenyon Drake, and then maybe or maybe not Miles Gaskin. So it's kind of an appealing play, but I probably won't do it. But if you're desperate, I think you could play him. Well, if you're desperate, you could play anybody. (laughs) Well, no. I think you could play him and get some production out of him. He will definitely be getting some yards just because of how many carries he's likely to get. Yeah. But I do not trust him at all to get anywhere near what you're wanting out of your flex play. If Yeah, like you said, if you're desperate. But it's just the Ravens right now. And it's a, it's a rivalry game, too. So things weird things happen in those games. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's liable to break one right off the bat and ruin my prediction. <laughs> but uh, I do not, I would not count on him having a big game. I sort of disagree. If, if the offensive line is healthy, I don't know. I don't, I shouldn't say that I wholly disagree because I don't think I trust him enough to play him. Myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, there you go. That we is true. See. We shall see. But we shall see. All right. Some quick um, suggestions for starting a sitting some starts. Cam Newton at Arizona. I think he could have a good game against that defense. David Montgomery at Green Bay, if he is active. You're giving me a weird look. Elias doesn't agree with David Montgomery. I I don't trust Montgomery at all. I don't either, but Green Bay, I mean, generally I don't, but Green Bay's defense is so bad against the run. And yeah, it's a good matchup. And with the, uh, the quarterback play likely being bad, they might have to lean heavily on the running backs. So. That's true too. Um, I think you can. If there's any week you can play David Montgomery, I think it's this week. Um, some more De- DeAndre Swift versus Houston if he is active. Duke Johnson at Detroit. He hasn't been great, but I think the Detroit defense is so bad that you could play him at least in the flex. Travis Fulgham versus Seattle. Wayne Gallman at Cincinnati and Hunter Henry at Buffalo. And some sits, Matthew Stafford against the Texans. Uh, he just hasn't been playing very well. Lamar Jackson at Pittsburgh. I am not <laughs> going to take my own advice here, but yes, that's probably a good call, depending <laughs> on who's on your roster. Giovanni Bernard at the Giants. This was uh, something you were a little worried about. Do yeah. You, what's your reasoning here? I So when I listed him here, I put on here, for your thoughts, but you didn't give me any of your thoughts. So. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't make it. I saw um, it, but I didn't make it. Giovanni Bernard against the Giants on paper. This is a good matchup and it could be a good game for him for the same reason that, you know, David Montgomery could have a good game because they're starting without Joe Burrow. 
but is the Bengals offense going to be able to move the ball at all against the Giants with Brandon Allen as their starting quarterback? So I'm kind of on the fence with Giovanni Bernard because on paper, the Giants defense is not good against the run, but I don't know if I trust the Bengals offense even with that. Yeah, the Bengals offense is just hard to trust at all. We'll kind of see if Brandon Allen, maybe he's the check down king and Bernard can get some receptions. We'll wait and see. Um, The final sits, Rob Gronkowski against the Chiefs, Melvin Gordon against the Saints, 49ers RBs against the Rams, and Johnny Smith at Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, our game of the week. Yeah. is Tennessee at Indianapolis. Uh, massive AFC playoff implications here. Both teams are 7-3. and three. The losers kind of uh, fall behind a little bit, be searching for the wild card, while the winner is going to have sort of the uh, front row seat for the division going into uh, Week 13. So what are your thoughts here? I have a lot of notes here, so feel free to jump in at any point. All right, right, will do. Um, the last time these two teams met two weeks ago, Indianapolis won 34 to 17 on Thursday night football. This game this week is taking place on Sunday. So I'm hoping that makes a difference because sometimes those Thursday games are fluky. Yeah. Uh, the Colts defense is tough. They rank second in total yards allowed per game, fourth in passing yards per game and third in rushing yards allowed per game. They rank in the top 10 as far as fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So across the board, they're top 10 as far as fantasy points go. Tennessee's defense is bottom 10 in total yards allowed per game and passing yards, and then 20th in rushing yards allowed per game. So slightly better than bottom 10, but not that much. Uh, As far as the Titans' offense goes, they're pretty good. They're 10th in total yards per game most of that coming from rushing yards as we know where they rank fifth in yards per game the titans have always been a low volume passing team but it works pretty well for them ryan Tannehill is generally pretty accurate um as far as passing goes and aj brown is a monster as we've talked about they've got Corey davis they've got Jonu smith so the offense can be good the colts offense ranks 13th in total yards per game, and they attack mostly in the air. They're 10th in passing yards, but 19th in rushing rushing yards per game. Why can I not speak? Um, So with that, the Titans' defense struggles in general, but they're worse in the past game, so I think Indy will try to attack through the air. I think it'll be more of what we saw two weeks ago. Well, I think they'll attempt to do what we saw two weeks ago. Rivers Mm -hmm. passed for 308 yards and the Colts rush for 133 yards as a team. The problem with the Colts' offense and fantasy is that they spread the ball around so much, and they don't highlight any single person, and the backfield is just impossible to predict. Um, Tennessee is much more balanced with the run pass um, than Indianapolis. I lost my spot. Tennessee is much more balanced, but will definitely lean more toward running the ball. I think Tannehill and A.J. Brown will have a better game than they did two weeks ago. As far as who I would start and not start for the Colts, I think you could start Rivers if you have to. I have very little faith in him in general because he sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> 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 he, 
he does have some good moments. And if you do start him, I would expect, I would not expect 25 to 30 points from him, maybe 18 to 22, somewhere in that range. I think he got 18 the last time um, these teams played each other. As far as the running back committee, the Colts have shown that they're going to go with the hot hand. Um, I really don't trust any of them. If I had to choose one, I'd maybe go with Hines just based on what they did the last time they faced Tennessee and he catches more passes. Um, but I really would try to stay away from, from them if I can. Jonathan Taylor led the backfield last week, so that could happen again this week. We just, you know, we don't know. So it's better just to stay away. I think Michael Pittman is the only receiver worth taking a gamble on. As far as the Titans, Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown are the only guys that I'm starting this week, and I'm definitely starting both of them. Brown had a down week against them last time, and Davis had the better game. I think that'll change this week. A.J. Brown is just too good to put on your bench. Even if he doesn't get that much uh, volume, he still catches most of what comes his way. He'll likely find the end zone. As far as who's going to win, I don't think Tennessee is going to be beaten twice by the Colts in just a couple of weeks. So I'm taking Tennessee to win this one. Maybe like 27-24, 24-21, something like that. Yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee as well. We vary a little bit on who we're going to start and who we would sit. Uh, I think Corey Davis could be a solid flex play just because of his performance last time. I also think that A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, you know, obviously are your automatic starts. Brown is most likely, you would think, going to do way better than he did last time. Uh, I would also avoid playing Tannehill and Janu. Tannehill is facing a tough secondary, as you mentioned, that has allowed the third fewest amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Janu was nearly invisible the last time these two teams played, other than taking a uh, touchdown away from Derrick Henry at the goal line, much <laughs> yeah. to my chagrin. Yeah. So uh, surprisingly enough, Rivers, I think, is a fantastic streaming option this week. Uh, pains me to say it because I am, you know, as you know, not a big Philip Rivers fan. We hate Rivers. He threw for <laughs> <laughs> he threw for 300 yards the last time they played and has been performing better as of late. He's been protecting the ball a little bit better. The Colts RB situation, as you mentioned, shifts week to week and is completely unpredictable. So if you can, I would avoid all of them. But you said maybe start Hines. I think even Jonathan Taylor could be the only one to start just because yeah. he had, what, 20 carries this past week or something? He did, but... but you know. <laughs> which could mean he, he could get four on Sunday. Yeah. You know, it's just impossible to tell. But right. the Titans defense, they have allowed the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the 11th most to RBs, and the 5th most to receivers. So there are fantasy points out there. It's just mm -hmm. impossible to predict where they're going to come from right. on the opposing team. Right. Uh, Ty Hilton... Ty Hilton. Wow. T.Y. <laughs> Hilton. Ty Hilton. It's a good gonna, name, too. I was going to correct you, but then I was afraid, oh, maybe it is Ty. <laughs> no, no. T.Y. Uh, is still someone that you can't start. And uh, I would also start Michael Pittman. And just trying to beat the same team in your division when both teams are super good is really difficult. Um, so I would take Tennessee. In my Pick'em League, I am taking Tennessee. That it, isn't always the case because Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I'm taking Pittsburgh to be Baltimore for the second time, but yeah. Baltimore is reeling as we talked about. So uh, I think it should be fun. 
I think it should be fun. Hopefully Derrick Henry runs for, you know, (laughs) 320 yards. I mean, uh, it all works out for both of us. If anybody could do it, that's Derrick Henry. (laughs) Damn straight. So our starting lineups, I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, I picked up Taysom Hill. I saw that. So I don't have him in my starting lineup as of now, but maybe I can persuade myself of that. I I don't know. As of now, still Lamar Jackson in my receiver spots, Calvin Ridley, Deontay Johnson. And I typically would have a receiver in the flex, but I do not. As of now, I have Antonio Gibson and Derrick Henry in my RB spots. Antonio Gibson in the RB spot because it's Thursday. And I want to make sure that I don't put him in my flex just in case Chris Carson is out. So I have Chris Carson in my flex as of now. I picked up Wayne Gallman. Could play Wayne Gallman. Could play Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to play Tyler Boyd just to wait and see how the Bengals situation is. Yeah. At tight end, Mark Andrews, not expecting much out of him. Eric Ebron on the bench. Also have Debo Samuel on the bench. Miami defense against the Jets. Got to be the best um, defensive play of the week. And then Brandon McManus kicking extraordinaire for the Denver Broncos. (laughs) And that is my starting lineup as of now. The only thing that could change is Chris Carson. I. Probably, no matter if it's a good idea or not, will not persuade myself to take Lamar Jackson out. And Mark Andrews has a questionable tag. I don't know why, yeah. but uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, there's no uh, report there for what his what he's questionable for. You are facing the team who has Adam Thielen on COVID-19, though, so that might be beneficial to you. <laughs> hey, if I could go eight and four, I'm all all about it, you know? <laughs> So for my starting lineup this week, Justin Herbert is my quarterback, and that will not change for the rest of the season. In my wide receiver spots, I have currently A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, and then in the flex, I've got Darius Slayton with Kenny Galladay, who has now been officially ruled out for Week 12, and Christian Kirk also on the bench. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about the wide receivers. As we talked about, uh, Allen Robinson is kind of iffy for me this week, but I still kind of feel like he's too good to be somebody you put on the bench. So we'll see what happens there. In my running back spot, Todd Gurley, Clyde Edwards, Elaire is who I have in right now, but I also have Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Leonard Fournette on the bench, and Miles Gaskin in my IR spot who has been designated to return. Let's see what it says here. He returned to practice on Wednesday. Uh, He was in a red non-contact jersey, but this would seem to open his 21-day window for activation. He sprained his MCL, yada, yada, yada. We know all that. He's eligible to return at any moment, but according to Yahoo, which is actually according to Roto World, um, they said, we'd guess that Gaskin is probably at least another week away. So if Gaskin plays, I'm playing him. I feel like that is a matchup Mm -hmm. you have to play, you know, Miami running back against the Jets. As we said, anybody against the Jets. Anybody. Yeah. Um, So if he plays, I'll probably plug him into one of my RB spots or my flags. I don't know. My tight end is Dallas Goddard with Jared Cook on the bench. Jared Cook is not going into my starting lineup until he proves that, until he proves himself. He's stuck (laughs) on my bench. Um, 
I think even with Zach Ertz possibly back this week, I still think you can play Dallas Goddard. And I think that's it. Oh, no, my kicker, Daniel Carlson still. And then I picked up New York Giants defense against Cincinnati. So we'll see so how that if, goes. If Gaskin does come back, I assume that Fournette is your odd man out. Yeah, 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 because I'll have to drop somebody. Yeah, you've got to drop Fournette, and then you've got uh, three Arizona Cardinals on your bench. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Who knew that would happen? I don't know, because Christian Kirk could be droppable, too. I don't know. As soon as you drop him, he's going to get, like, 25 points. Oh, I'm sure. You you know that's how it's going to roll. Well, and I've got uh, plenty of running backs. I don't need... I mean, I only have a few wide receivers, so Fournette is probably going to be the the one to drop. Well, and unlike last week, at least now you know pretty much automatically that Galladay is yes. out, and yeah. you can go from there. Of course, the Lions play tomorrow, yeah. so you had to have known at some point today, most likely. Which is helpful, because last yeah. week they didn't play until Sunday, so I didn't know before the Thursday game. Otherwise, my week could have been different. <laughs> well you you need a couple wins and some points you never know maybe he would have came back and got hurt immediately and got like two points like what always happens on my team yeah and then you're sol so he's just out you can move on maybe play slayton in that flex spot yeah you never know you're you're playing one of the down teams in the league hopefully you can yeah get a win and charge forward hopefully we'll see we'll see All right, that's all we've got for you today. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. That is where you can connect with us throughout the week. We post our weekly waiver wire ads and answer your starts to questions. We hope you have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. Good luck and stay safe. See you next week. See you later.